0: it's an off day for the mariners so we're going to spend today's episode answering some of your questions this is the locked on mariners podcast colby hit it you are locked on mariners your daily seattle mariners podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast. It is Thursday, August 4th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listener of the day. We are free and available on all platforms with new episodes dropping every single Monday through Friday. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. the Mariners.com for Fanation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at L O underscore Mariners. Follow inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, D A. G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's cpat 11 Be sure to also check out our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up up we greatly 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 appreciate it so we reached out to you on twitter for your questions we're going to be doing a little bit of a mailbag today all day over the next uh, 25 minutes or so unfortunately we're not going to be able to answer everyone's questions because you guys submitted a lot so we've condensed it down to uh, I, I think 11 or so questions and we'll try to get through all of those if we run out of time apologies we might be able to uh, do another episode a little later down the line and uh, maybe answer some of the remaining questions or, or do another mailbag that's this is probably something that we're going to be doing more often in general uh, here now that the uh, the deadline has passed there's no more trade talk we're just kind of in the dog days of summer now and um, you know we're just going day by day Games happen. We'll talk about the games and that's about it, really, you know, and anything else that's you know going on with the team. So, uh, yeah, so we might designate some episodes to do some more uh, mailbags and stuff. And we might do some that are Twitter exclusive. We might do some that are exclusive to our YouTube comments. We might do some that are email exclusive. You know, we'll we'll let you know. Uh, so let's uh, let's get into the first question which comes from elijah at the prophet eli underscore on twitter how would you explain the mariners as a whole to someone who is just back into baseball since 2008 asking for a friend colby how do you explain this mariners team
1: (laughs) first of all that's a bold twitter handle um Mm. second of all i guess you could tell your friend um that they're unexplainable. Uh, I I think the, I think the one word you use here is, is, is chaos. Um, The Seattle Mariners for the last year and change have basically been, um, you know, Murphy's law, everything that could go wrong will go wrong. And then somehow they win anyways. Like it's, it's pretty crazy. It's hard to explain because we don't have a point of reference. Like Eli, are you a football fan? Like, I know some people get very upset about the whole, you know, oh, you can't compare them to a football team thing. And it's like, well, you can if you're trying to help somebody out. So uh, it's, it's a little tough to explain, but uh, I would say, first of all, Eli, welcome to the Mariners fandom or welcome your friend to the Mariners mm-hmm. fandom. Uh, you don't have to worry about us here. We're not going to judge you for not paying attention for the last 15 years because understandable. <laughs> like, we're not going to, you know, talk about how we're better than you because we've been fans for so much longer. I don't care. Welcome aboard. Just enjoy the ride. Uh, it's chaos. It's, it's, you know, times where your heart's in your, you know, in your throat uh, as you nervously wait for a pitch. It's, you know, getting blown out seven to nothing in the third inning and, and knowing it's over. Um, and even sometimes being down one to nothing in the fourth and being like, well, they probably lost this game. So uh, it's a little bit of everything. You'll get your full, your, you'll get your full range of emotions uh, watching this team. Um, I guess, you know, I, I, I would just sum it up by saying it's chaos. And, uh, and I mean, we could either do chaos as a ladder or, or it's chaos be kind, whichever one you, uh, <laughs> whichever one you want to, uh, to claim. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of uh, – there are a lot of emotions that you go through in a season. Mm-hmm. um and it's uh it's a pretty cool community to be a part of when uh when everybody rallies around a player or a, a team like they kind of are right now
0: mm-hmm. if you like jokes if you like memes the mariners twitter community mm-hmm. is a, a great place to be uh for the most part for the most part that is <laughs> uh, but the, this mariners team they're kind of the other guys right i mean you know you you yep. look at the players that they have, even their best players, even guys like Ty France, like, not a lot of people know who Ty France is. Not a lot of people know, you know, looking at the national landscape right now, like, not a lot of people know, you know, what the Mariners are compiled of, really. And I kind of like that, though. I like that they're kind of these underdogs, these, these guys that, you know, not a lot of people know of that are just gonna, you know, they're gonna come to a stadium near you and Kick your team's butt, basically, and that's you know that's what it is, and I I like that. But this team, yeah, they're they Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> and the Astros and the and the Yankees, they're uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and uh, Samuel sure. Jackson,
1: <laughs> which I guess makes uh, which I guess makes Scott Service uh, the captain who won't stop quoting yep. TLC, which mm-hmm. honestly fits
0: creep creep creep. creep. Don't go chasing waterfalls,
1: guys.
0: (laughs) So I actually want to um, address a common question slash complaint we always get on the channel, particularly in the comments about... How we refer to starting pitchers as, you know, number ones, number twos, number threes. There's a lot of folks upset with us or particularly you, Colby, for calling Luis Castillo a number two and number three. But this is how you and I have always kind of talked about pitchers. And I've always at least me personally, I don't know how you feel, but I've always looked at when we say that as kind of a tier list. Right. And number ones to me, are the unicorns, right? They're the Jacob deGroms, the Max Scherzers of the world. And I think, like, while we can, you know, I I think we can all acknowledge that, while Luis Castillo is incredibly talented, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, he's not Jacob deGrom, he's not Sandy Alcantara, he's not Max Scherzer. So I more so put him in the, you know, number two category. And there's always, like, Low end twos, high end twos, uh, you know, high end threes, low end threes. Like they're the guys that are on the cusp, right? They're on, you know, they're on the fringe there of being a number one, right? If they're a high end two, like they can be a number one and usually their floor is like a number three. And, and so, yeah, that's not to say that like Luis Castillo is a number three, like he's like a number three starter in a, in a rotation, but like, that's kind of like his floor, Right And like his ceiling is low end number one, high end number two. And so, but again, it's just like, this is just a tier list, right? It's like, it's not actually, you know, what we think relative to the Mariners rotation. Of course, Luis Castillo is the ace of the Mariners rotation, you know, before that it was Robbie Ray, right? Like I, we're not denying that. We're not saying otherwise. It's just like if this rotation also had Sandy Alcantara in it or Jacob DeGrom in it or Max Scherzer in it, I'm not putting, you know, Luis Castillo over those guys. It's just what it is.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where like, I think a lot of people they like, for example, I think the people who complain that I call Castillo a three, they think Marco is a three. And it's like no, Marco may pitch in the third slot. He is not a number three. Marco is a number five, and kind of the way to look at it is an ace is like there's like five of them, six of them. Yeah. And basically to me, an ace is a guy who like, when that guy's on the mound for your team, you win. like you're going to win 99 times out of a hundred. Right. And the one time you don't lose, it's it, the one time you don't win. It's Garrett Cole yesterday mm-hmm. where he just has a bad inning. Right. And that happens to everybody. Uh, then you kind of had the number ones who are, who are, you know, a little bit below an ace. There's probably only five or six of those guys really like Walker Buehler is probably a one, not quite an ace. Max Scherzer is an ace there. That's the difference there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number two is, is is again, just a little bit below that. Um, You know, number three, I I think people think middle of the rotation, like mid, middle of the pack. No, number three pitchers are very good. And there's not, you know, there's probably number threes. There's probably, I don't know, 30 of them total. Mm-hmm. And some teams have two or three or four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the biggest meat of the bell curve is four and fives. And most pitchers are four or fives. Like mm-hmm. almost all of them are four or five. So when I say guy's a number three, it still means he's a top like 50 pitcher in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's don't take that lightly. I mean, Luis Castillo could be the, and the difference between 20 and 50, not that big usually. So uh, mm-hmm. number three is basically like, Hey, he's, yeah, he's a top, 20-ish arm in baseball uh, mm-hmm. so yeah I, I think the, the confusion there comes from people looking at Marco Gonzalez as a number three and that's just not that's not accurate.
0: Right yeah because like you know Marco is a guy that's going to be mid three ERAs at best but he's likely you know in that four to four five range and he's going you know he gives up a ton of hard contact he doesn't strike guys out like that's a, you know that's a number four at best right I think if we're being generous there, Marco on his best day is like a is a number four pitcher, uh, for the most part. Just in terms of like his stuff and you know, just everything that he kind of brings to the table and like how it's you know, pretty much everything has to go perfectly with the way that he manages contact for him to have a good day on the bump. And he's going to have those days. But he's also going to have nights like the one that he had in New York on Monday. Mm-hmm. So You know, so so that's just hopefully that kind of clears things up, um, you know, and and that kind of gives people maybe a little bit of a better understanding as to what we're saying when we when we talk about these things and when we say like this guy's a number two, this guy's a number three. Again, that's not to say that he's a number two in the Mariners' rotation. He's not a you know he's a number three in the Mariners' rotation. It's not saying that, and it's not even like besmirching these players as well because like Colby said. Even if you're a number three, you're probably a top 50 pitcher in baseball. And that's really good. Luis Castillo is better that, than that to me. Like, I think he's top 15, right? Now. I mean, statistically, he's been top 10, top 12 this year. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I would say he's a he's a number two because, again, number ones, they're just – they're the unicorns. They're the unicorns of starting pitching. They're not, you know, like you said, there's maybe five or six of them, if that. So um, what would be the most amazing bench the Mariners could field in the postseason if everything went perfectly for the Mariners the rest of the way and everyone was healthy and they had everyone at their disposal? We're going to be answering that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Blue Nile. Whether you're Ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment Find jewelry as unique as the person you love with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. BlueNile's bench jewelers will then handcraft their perfect engagement ring, and each ring will be a a one-of-a-kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? BlueNile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift. Gift at every budget make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile.com and going on now is the blue nile anniversary sale save up to 40 percent on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25 percent on engagement ring settings plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free and find your forever piece. go to blue nile.com today you're listening to the locked on mariners podcast thank you again for making us your first listen of the day let's hop back into these questions next up is cole at cole w mckittrick if everyone were hypothetically to get healthy who would you consider the ideal playoff bench players for the mariners colby i'll start with you
1: um Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna, and Mike Trout. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Ideal bench players, uh, well, you got to have a catcher. Uh, so that would be Casale. Huh. Um, you have to have, you know, some some speed would be nice late in game. So to me, that's Haggerty. Um, he's just the fastest guy on the team. Yeah. Uh, either him or Julio I'm not sure who has the sprint speed uh lead right now but uh, it's one of those two and obviously Julio's starting so I think it starts with Casale and Haggerty uh and then for me I want a little bit of thump off the bench some some you know somebody I can play matchup with I think that's actually going to end up being Jake Lamb we'll see if he can stick around long enough um and then you you kind of want for me at least I'm not worried about backup shortstop or anything like that Um, so for me I'm just kind of looking like Am I carrying a platoon guy with me? And if I am, that's probably at this stage, either Santana or or Lewis, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for me, I'm probably looking at Haggerty, Casale, um, Lamb, and uh, probably Santana.
0: Mm-hmm. The other thing that we need to keep in mind here, too, is that if we're talking about just the wild card round, it's only three games at most. They're not going to need to carry all these pitchers.
1: Right. I, I don't know how they, I think you can carry, I think you still have to carry a minimum of 12 in mm-hmm. the playoffs. I think that's kind of how they counteract it. But yeah, you should be able to carry an extra bench bat if you want it.
0: At zip kid CW says uh, or asks does ty want ham swaggerty sam Haggerty, or dylan moore for the last bench spot if slash when everyone is healthy also colby should rant about dylan moore colby rants about dylan moore on command right now
1: <laughs> uh well i'm not your trained monkey chris so uh no i just don't think he's very good uh i don't think he can hit And I think he is, at best, the fifth or sixth best option off your bench. So send him down to AAA and maybe he learns how to hit and maybe he is valuable. But until then, no. Like, the Mm answer is obvious. Haggerty's a better base runner. He's a better hitter. And he is just as good of a defender. The only difference is is that they seem to trust Dylan Moore at shortstop and not Haggerty, which, again, in a playoff series means absolutely nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so Chris said this is assuming the four-man bench is made up of Kurt Casale. Obviously, yeah. Casale's in there, Jake Lamb, Kyle Lewis, and then blank. It's either Haggerty or Moore. I would pick Haggerty because he's sitting right now, and he's versatile defensively. I could put him in at a few spots, especially in a pinch, uh, and he just continues to hit no matter you know what day it is. Whenever he's in the lineup, it seems like he's always getting hit, except for that one night in Houston. We're not going to talk about that. Um, I would put Taylor Trammell in over here uh, over Kyle Lewis right now. If if this is again another circumstance where everyone is healthy, I'm putting Taylor Trammell over Kyle Lewis because, I mean, <laughs> he actually gives me value on the base pass and defensively, and there's a non-zero chance that he's better offensively as well right now <laughs> like,
1: yeah. like so. we'll see I, I i don't think lewis is going anywhere yeah. i think they should consider it definitely yeah. but i don't think he will and then we'll see what they want to do because trammell is working on his rehab assignment right now probably be down there for another week or so before they make a uh a decision he played right field last night we're expecting hanniger to be back tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, but you know maybe they be a little more cautious than that but we'll see uh they'll have to make a decision on trammell pretty soon and and they could just option them back down to AAA if they really want to give Lewis the at-bats, but uh, yeah. I think they should consider sending Lewis down and uh, bringing Tremel up, but we'll see what they do.
0: All right, Christian Ryle at C underscore Ryle 34. What is the plan for Marco and Flexen for 2023 given the current rotation setup? I wouldn't bank on either one of those guys being in the rotation for the Mariners next year. Uh, I honestly think at this point, despite you know, how much, how beloved uh, Marco is in the clubhouse that he might not even be here exiting the winter. Uh, I would say that Flexen might have a better shot of being on the roster than, than Flexen does. Um, but that also could be Flexen as a reliever, as a long guy out of, the, uh, out of the bullpen, which I actually like that for him. I like that role for him. Um, Marco... I think is going to have some sort of value. He's not going to have immense value by any means. Don't don't get me wrong here. But I think there is going to be some value for Marco on the trade market in the winter. And uh, there was a re- there was a report that the uh, the Phillies were scouting him uh, during his last start at Yankee Stadium. Obviously, it didn't go very well, and the Phillies, of course, did not trade for Marco. Uh, but it seems like maybe the Mariners are open to the idea uh, of trading Marco at this point. And uh, I, yeah, honestly, I'd be a little bit surprised if Marco was still a Seattle Mariner by uh, by the time spring training rolls around.
1: Yeah, this is one of the beauties of the Castillo trade is that you can go into the winter, assuming everybody gets through this season healthy, which, you know, hopefully. uh, But you can kind of go into the winter and be like, okay, we don't need to go out and sign you know, Joe Musgrove. I know he just signed an extension, but you know what I mean? You don't need to go out and get the top of the market guy. You don't have to spend money on that. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, but you don't have to. Whereas if you didn't get Castillo, you kind of feel like we need that type of guy. So we have to go pay for it. You don't. So what you can do is you can kind of let the market come to you. And if somebody's like, say Nathan Avaldi is sitting there in January and, you know, he can be had for two years, $35 million when he was asking for, four and 80, then maybe you jump on that and you take advantage of that. And then that's when you decide to move on from Marco or Flexen. But uh, the beauty of of starting pitching is, is that you're always going to be able to trade it. So you can just keep them all winter if you want and and see what happens in spring training. Uh, But that is one of the the hidden benefits of the, of the uh, Castillo trade is that your one through four is pretty much locked in. Uh And if Marco is your five or Flexen is your five, fine. Like that's, that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. Uh, But if the opportunity comes to kind of build this super rotation, which it won't be, but like if you can remove a number five and add a number three Mm -hmm. back into this thing in free agency or via trade, then yeah, then you can just flip Marco whenever. And and like I said, it doesn't have to be this winter. It can be at spring training. Pitchers are always going to have value, particularly starting pitchers who are healthy. So yeah, they don't have to do anything uh, Mm -hmm. in their rotation this winter. I suspect they still might. I think they might try to add something, but I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion that Flexen and Marco are both gone or, or either of them are gone, but I think it just allows Seattle to have that flexibility that if they go out and they can get a Jamison Tyone or whatever, right. Then like, okay, well we'll say goodbye to Marco and we'll trade him, and we'll probably get a nice bullpen piece or maybe a backup catcher or something of value uh, that could help us elsewhere. So uh, the Mariners rotation is in a good spot, assuming they get through the rest of the season healthy.
0: Mm-hmm all right so we're going to be talking a little bit about how the roster is going to shape up once guys start trickling in here um during the next segment but real quick a reminder This episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. You ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Bilt has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that one LOCKED15 for 15%. off your order at built.com. So we have three questions to go here. Let's now answer Hunter's question at Hunter Porton asks, how does the roster look next week in your eyes? Presumably the three guys coming back from injury, plus the two new position players we just acquired. Interested to hear your guys' thoughts. So Julio is expected back after his 10-day IL stint. Doesn't seem like there's going to be any extra days away for Julio. I would assume that that means that either Abraham Toro or Jared Kelnick is going down. We also expect that Mitch Hanniger is coming back either on Friday or sometime this weekend. So that would also mean either Kelnick or Toro is going down. There's also Travis Jankowski, of course. So. That's also a likely option there, though I think until Julio gets back, Jankowski stays because of the center field defense, uh, at the very least. Uh, so I think it would be Toro or Kelnick on that front, probably Kelnick, uh, if I had to guess. How
1: then, much do you want to play Jankowski in center field?
0: It's true. It's true.
1: So I think Kelnick. I think Toro gets sent down for. Hanneker
0: yeah and also they're going to be adding Jake Lamb to the roster tomorrow I would I would assume uh, that's going yes. to happen so that uh, that's where it gets a little difficult there if you want to if I mean if you want to keep Kelnick in center field
1: so I think I'm I think I'm DFAing uh Jankowski at that point okay. um, just you know I'll live with Kelnick in center field for a while and then in a week or two when, when uh, Trammell is is healthy, I'll have my center field emergency guy at least stashed in AAA. So mm-hmm. I, I think for me, the two guys they're definitely going to add tomorrow, well, assuming they add Hanager tomorrow, Lamb and Hanager, to me, those guys replace Toro, who gets sent to AAA, and Chankowski who gets DFA'd. Mm-hmm. That's my guess.
0: Yeah. On those and two. so... You know, Casale, uh, we got to see how long his rehab assignment is going to last um, before we assume that he is going to be uh, back with the team next week. So that's possible. That's certainly a possibility here. It's not a guarantee yet, though, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but that one's very simple. That one is just Luis Torrens gets DFA'd and, and that's it. And I know that Chris had a question about, um, you know, at Zipkid CW about uh, if, you know, if they would keep Terence and keep three catchers over maybe, you know, sending down uh, Kyle Lewis. I don't think that would happen. I don't think that would happen whatsoever. Um, You know, Lewis is just, he's more valuable to you than Luis Terenz is right now. Um, Even with Terenz being able to catch, uh, I just, you know, and even with Lewis's knee issues and and everything and how limited his value is right now um, as he continues to work his way back from his knee thing. So, yeah. Um, I don't think there's any real possibility here of lewis getting sent down because uh, you know of course taylor trammell has started a rehab assignment as well he's been doing that for the last few days it's possible he might get activated at some point here um in the coming week or so uh so maybe that at that point they think about maybe swapping Tr- uh, trammell for lewis uh, or they might just wait and let Tremel kind of uh, work through some things down in Tacoma and then uh, add him when rosters expand to 28 next month. So um, we'll see. Alright, so we got a question now from and I asked <laughs> I asked him how he pronounces his name because I was a little confused. I was hoping to uh, get a um, pronunciation guide here so I could uh, get it right on, uh, on the show. So I'm sorry if I butcher your name here. I believe it is it's either Teague or it's or it's Teige, like uh, like beige, because it's T E I G E. Again, I'm sorry for for butchering your name if if I did. Uh, he says, "What's up, guys? I'm a huge fan of Locked On Mariners. Absolutely loving the content. Thank you, thank you so much." I'm an inspiring sports journalist uh, uh, slash broadcaster, and I was thinking of starting a podcast with one of my buddies in my sports journalism class. My question is, how you guys prep for a 30-minute-plus discussion? How you guys go over pre-recording and all that? Again, big fan of y'all. I'm always waiting for your videos to come out after games and love your guys' opinions. Very nice of you. I appreciate that. Uh, So... How do we prep for a 30-minute-plus show, Colby? Uh,
1: (laughs) Boy, it takes a long time. Um, Short answer is we don't. No. Um, I
0: mean, there's a little bit of truth to that. Some days, like, look, we we got other stuff going on. This isn't our main source of income. Like, we'll be upfront about that. This is a passion thing, you know? And so sometimes we only have like five minutes to figure out what we're going to talk about. And that just is what it is. Um Other times, though, you know, we'll kind of talk throughout the week about stuff that we want to talk about, stuff that we want to do, maybe some fun stuff like the mailbag today, like Colby brought that up a couple of days ago after we recorded one of our shows. Um, Sometimes we try to blend topics into our Patreon show as well. Patreon.com forward slash control zone. And yeah, you know, stuff that we can maybe introduce on here and then flesh out on uh, on CTZ. Uh, Yeah, but yeah. So
1: I think think, you know, first and foremost, here if you're trying to like start a podcast with your buddy, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, that's great. My recommendation would be do it and just Mm -hmm. you know um, don't expect anybody to to listen right away. You know what I mean? Like you can't start a podcast with the expectation that you're going to be instantly successful. Like maybe you will be, and that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Maybe you won't, and and there'll be times where you literally feel like you're just recording for yourself. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one of those things, but it does have value because there is some, some therapeutic, you know, nature to just talking sports with Ty. I mean, you know, I'm one of Ty's best friends and he's one of my closest acquaintances. And so we just, we talk sports pretty much every day now. And, and that's, yeah. that's awesome. So uh, that is one of the bonuses. So I, I think when you're talking about prep for a 30 minute show, honestly, it's not that hard. Um, <clears throat> it's a little different for Ty and I, cause we have to do what, eight shows a week. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, there are going to be some some days where we're like, oh, and, and Colby know. and
0: I are always we're generally on the same page about how uh, we feel on things, not necessarily that we agree with one another's opinions, but we kind of already understand what one another's stance is on certain topics, you know, because we're always like we're, we're chatting and, and DMs on Twitter and stuff during games and, yeah. and everything. And so we usually kind of develop what we want to talk about through that as well because like colby will hop in here before we're about to record and i'll just be like hey like let's talk about this thing that we were talking about last night and let's just kind of flesh that out especially like with trade talk with trade talk we we're always kind of uh, you know like all right let's let's talk about this guy and how you would be able to get this guy or you know what have you um so yeah so i would say uh to you though um just record That's it. You know, just record, just do it for the love of it. I mean, we're still doing it for the love of it. We've been doing this for four or five years now together. And we, you know, obviously not just on Locked On Mariners, but uh, by the way, our one year anniversary of Locked On is coming up next week. Next week. the ninth. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I
1: I, I was just going to say like what Ty was saying, mm. hit record, just talk about what you want to talk about and let kind of the conversation flow. Naturally, I, I think Ty and I typically have a, a pretty conversational style uh, to broadcasting. Uh, broadcasting <laughs> to, to, to rec- our recordings, it's pretty conversational. Don't be afraid to cut each other off. You know, don't don't be afraid to. Um, there, there's a little more structure on Locked On than what we do at like CTZ, for example. Yeah. Just because we have different responsibilities here at Locked On, uh, but I honestly, I think one of the worst things you can do is try to. Uh, is try to be like, oh, I'm gonna be like, you know, Mike Salk or, or Colin Cowherd, and I'm gonna have like these very defined talking points. And it's like, that can work sometimes, but for the most part, you just gotta let it flow and you kinda of gotta find your own style. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe you do work better in the structure, or maybe you're more of a conversationalist. Um, it can work, but you, you have to kinda of be true to yourself and, and, you know, your buddy. And I would honestly, I would recommend you just hit record and just start talking and things kind of take care of themselves you can you kind of get a sense of the flow and like when we need to take a break and when we need to stop and when you need to let your partner speak and like you know i mean there's like this flow that that kind of gets built and it starts with just hitting record so as as lazy as it sounds like for you if you're planning on starting your own podcast which is great i mean i'm sure ty and i would come on it um i i think honestly hit record and just start talking about sports Mm -hmm. and i bet you feel 30 minutes like like it's nothing and you'll look up and you'll be like oh man we're at 35 minutes we just started 10 minutes ago we got to stop talking soon there's there's a
0: lot of shows that we do that that ends up like that this being one of them this being one of them
1: (laughs) yeah if you have any other questions man uh reach out to us but again i think the best advice i could give is just hit record Mm -hmm. and and put it out there man and don't be afraid. put it out on youtube put it out on spotify those things are free don't be afraid to, to you know look down and see you have one view. Keep grinding at it. Keep doing it. Keep putting it out there. Be active on social media. And it's it's just like anything else, man. You grind, you find your style, and you get better at it as you go. And, and yeah. go for the best.
0: All right. So last question, and we'll make this quick. Uh, this is from Frederick uh, at Don't Call Me Fred on Twitter. Love that name. Uh, this one was just DM to me privately, but I, I, I liked it, and I, I figured we could answer it pretty quickly. Um, so... Um, What do you think we're getting in Felton Celestine? I know you said he's probably going to be our number one prospect. Player comps, development track. So I don't have a ton of information on Felton Celestine. You know, I only have a couple of people that I talk to that are kind of in the know when it comes to prospects, particularly prospects that are coming out of the international circuit and of course felon Celestine still hasn't signed with mariners officially but he is going to in january there's nothing that's expected to get in the way of that so he will officially join the mariners organization in 2023 in january of 2023 uh so of course this is one of the most highly touted uh shortstop prospects uh to come out of the international pool in quite some time uh we're talking like he has buzz that guys like Wander franco had coming out uh, he's a legitimate prospect. He's a guy that's, you know, if he hits a ceiling by the, before he graduates, he's going to be one of the top prospects in baseball. Celestine uh, Sol- uh, is a switch switcher. Uh, he's grown quite a bit over the last year, year and a half. Uh, he's now six uh, last time that I heard um, about a buck 80. Uh, and uh, he's going to stick it short. That, there's no question about that. It's kind of the Edwin Arroyo thing. Really? It's, he's going to stick out short, but now what? Is he actually going to be able to hit? And there's a lot of folks that think like he's going to hit, but he might not hit a ton. And so that's what's led to some player comps like Didi Gregorius, which I know scares some people considering the fact that Didi was literally just released today by the Phillies. And that's not, he's a good player, but not, you know, that's nothing that you're going to get really, really excited about here. But what you might get excited about is that there are some comps Let's say that if he hit, hits his ceiling, he's Francisco Lindor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The power, the hit tool, all of It's Francisco Lindor plus the defense at shortstop. There is a possibility here that Felden and could be a Francisco Lindor type. In fact, there are a lot of scouts that actually think that's almost a given. There aren't many sure things, especially, you know, well, I mean, there aren't many sure things with prospects in general, but especially with the international market, there's hardly ever a sure thing. There's hardly ever a guy where scouts will say he is definitively going to be a big leaguer and going to be a star at that. Mm-hmm. Felden Celestine is one of the exceptions. He's one of those guys that I've actually heard from, well, not from scouts myself, but from someone that has heard from scouts. Let's say he's, He's the real deal. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for submitting your questions and for tuning in to us today for Colby Pat Node. I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at L O underscore Mariners. You can follow inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at C pat11, that's C P A T one one. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every single day we greatly appreciate your support now make your second listen the locked on mlb podcast mlb expert paul francis sullivan brings humor passion and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace